You're listening to Your Credit Today with your host, Angela Setters-Massar, sponsored by Conquer Credit Management. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Angela. I'm so happy to be back in the studio with Kevin. Let me tell you, because doing things from my computer was not very easy and not very good. It's so awesome to have professionals in our life that are amazing people and also really good at what they do. So I just want to give a super praise and appreciation for my producer and for my sound engineer, Kevin Clayton. He is a amazing. If any of you are looking to do a podcast, he's amazing at this stuff. So hit us up and let us know. So moving right along, um, first and foremost, just doing a little housekeeping here. If you have not subscribed to this show, please hit that subscribe button. I always say to tell all your friends and family about this stuff. Teach your kids. It's so important. This information is ultra important. You know, I was at a seminar yesterday speaking And I was talking to a group of people that all had kids, and they were very concerned about their children understanding about credit, fractional investing, budgeting, all of these things. Now, when I say children, they were talking about their college-aged children, and they were talking about how there were so many mistakes that these kids were making and that they wouldn't listen to them, and they wished that there was some information out there that they could listen to. So at the sound of my voice, tell them to go to your your credit today and learn all about credit tips and secrets so that they can be dangerous enough to win in their financial life. So today we're going to be talking about some credit myths. And over the next couple of shows that you're going to be listening to, I'm going to sort of uh, bust some myths out there. Now, as you know, I have been doing this almost 29 years, okay, half my life here. Uh, Well, actually more than half my life. just so you don't think I'm older than I am. Okay. Anyway, so um, literally have been doing this a super long time, and I pride myself in doing research and understanding what's going on in the industry so that when I come to my clients and my followers and the people that believe in what it is that I have to say or trust what I have to say, that I have the accurate and correct information. So over the next couple of shows, we're going to demystify some things. And I have 10 credit myths that I really think are important for you to know about. So get out your pens and papers and let's get ready to go. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about today is building credit and why it's so important. Now, I get a lot of clients that come to me from different countries. And the first thing that they say to me is, I don't understand your American U.S. credit system. Why is it that if I have sustainable amount of cash in the bank, I can't go and get a loan from the bank? And, you know, my first thing is always, listen, we have a system here in the U.S. It's a leverage system. Don't look down on it because it's actually an amazing system if you use it correctly. You've heard me say this many, many times that your credit is an investment tool to build wealth. And it's the same thing that I tell these people that are coming from different countries and settling here and wanting to buy property or do business, etc. 
building credit is ultra important, not just for those that are coming into the U.S. and having to retrain themselves on how a system works, but also to individuals that may be young. Okay, once again, we talked about children just a few minutes ago or kids, young adults. One of the things that we need to do is help them build their credit before they're out of the house. When they're 16 years old, we need to sit them down and, you know, let's not just talk about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. Let's talk about what's really important, finance, money. What are things going to look like in 20 years for you, little Johnny? You know, that's something that that's a big conversation that we need to have with our kids. Let's also talk about another situation. Maybe you have a spouse that's become ill and now you guys were once a two income earning home and now you're a one income earning home. Let's talk about people that are coming from back from a bankruptcy. A lot of people, unfortunately, get a lot of bad advice when they've gone through a bankruptcy. They don't reestablish their credit immediately. Or let's say that you've gone through a really bad debt situation and you took your time and your resources to pay it all off. But through the process, and let's say that took you a couple of years to pay everything off, you were not rebuilding your credit history. Listen, folks, it's really important that you know and understand that in order to operate in the U.S. and be able to borrow and leverage your position, you must have a FICO score and you must have a credit history. One of the things that you've heard me talk about in our past shows is your revolving credit history and the importance that it plays in your FICO score. So today we're going to be talking about building your credit or building your kid's credit or, you know, Uncle Sammy that's coming in from Canada, why it's important for them to build their credit right away and some tactics that you need to know about how you can build it quick and efficient. So talking about building credit, first and foremost, the one thing that you need to know is a lot of people always say to me, well, you know, I, I don't trust myself with credit. Um, let's talk about the person who just came back from a bankruptcy or someone who's just paid off all of their debt and they don't want to get in debt again. Listen, you know, this is all about having a new mindset when it comes to money, a new mindset when it comes to credit cards. The thing is, is that what we have to put in our head and what we must remember is that when a bank gives us a credit line for $20,000 or $50,000 or $2,000 for that matter, what we need to know and remember is that this is not extra cash that we're putting in our pocket. Okay, this is something that we call leverage. So what do I mean by leverage? So when you go in the mall and you're going to buy those amazing pair of boots that you want and they're $300, what we have to do is sit down with ourselves and say, hey, can I really afford this $300? And if I put it on my credit card, am I going to be able to be accountable and responsible to pay this off in three months? You don't want to carry debt on things and stuff. What you want to carry debt on are appreciating assets that you have, like real estate or like businesses, okay? So it's really important that when we're building our credit and when we don't necessarily trust ourselves with credit, it's just about having a new mindset. So if you know you're not good with having credit cards, don't keep them in your wallet. You know, don't go to the mall when you have the two credit cards that you're going to be building your credit with in your wallet accessible for you to use when you want that, that, uh, those new boots, 
okay? What you want to do is you want to have these credit cards, like I said, for a leverage position. And what do I mean by that? So leveraging, it means that when I go to buy a house, I have a sustainable FICO score so that I can get the best interest rates that are out there. Okay, so if I have two credit cards, so first and foremost, like I said, a lot of people say, oh, I only want one credit card because I can only trust myself with one credit card. But friends, listen, one credit card is not enough. Here's the reason why. FICO is always looking for balance. Okay, it's a mathematical equation. And what is math always trying to do? balance it, balance itself out, right? So FICO is always trying to balance itself out. And the only way that you can create a balancing system is you have to have two things. It's like a, a seesaw, right? So someone's sitting on one side, no one's sitting on the other. Are you really working the seesaw? No, of course not. Okay, what about one of those weights? You know, those those old weight measuring type things. You know, if you have your gold on one side and you don't have anything on the other side, you're not really equaling things out. So having two credit cards is a major, major need for your FICO score. Now, it doesn't matter how much those credit cards are worth, meaning it doesn't matter how much you can spend. If it's $300 or it's $300,000, the mathematical equation of FICO score is looking at your utilization patterns, how you're using those credit cards, when you're using those credit cards. Are you paying interest back to the bank? Okay. Now, a lot of people shoot me and say, well, I don't want to pay interest to the bank. Well, listen, guys, unfortunately, when a bank gives you access to money and they're saying, look, we're going to trust you, we're going to give you $10,000 to work with, and we're not going to ask you for anything for it. The only thing that we're going to ask you to do is pay us interest when you use our money. Okay, if you were lending someone money that you didn't know, you'd want the same thing. So what we're trying to do, friends, is we're trying to play the game to win. But you can do it very smart and simple. If you're going to pay interest on a credit card, let's say it's a $30,000 credit card, you go and you spend $500. When the bill comes in, you pay 80% of the bill, you leave 20% to revolve and pay interest the following month. Okay, real simple metrics. Even if you only spend $100, when the bill comes in, you pay $80, you leave $20 to revolve and pay interest the following month. This is how you're going to build those algorithms, those utilization factors and patterns that are going to show up in a strong and bankable FICO score. So once again, it's really important to establish credit and to have at least two revolving credit cards. Now, some people have the ability to apply for a small credit card that is unsecured even if they don't have credit. There are banks out there. Um, I'm really a big fan of NerdWallet. Uh, NerdWallet, if you're out there listening to me, yes, I love you. So just so you know, big fan of theirs. I love the algorithm that they use to help people get credit cards. So just so you know and understand, there are algorithms out there. But there's a ton of banks. You can even go on to creditcards.com. 
And you can look at the different types of credit cards that are out there and the criteria that they're asking for. So it will ask you, do you have no credit? Do you have bad credit? Do you, Are you coming back from bankruptcy? Things of that nature. And you can click that download, um, that down arrow button, and you can see what applies to you. But the point that I'm making here is, is that they don't always have to be secured credit cards when you're starting to build your credit. Most of the time, if you have filed a bankruptcy and you're restarting your credit, you will have to get secured credit cards. But listen, guys, it's not the end of the world because once again, what we're doing is we're building a new muscle. We're building new practices, okay? So we have to get back into the practice of doing that. And the reason for that is the reason why we have to build credit is it's not necessarily just about leverage and about being able to purchase things that actually become assets. A lot of different industries are now looking at the FICO analytics like insurance companies for auto insurance, um, health insurance, utility companies banks and financial institutions to just give you an account, sometimes to even give you a trading account, they will look at your credit history. Why is that? Because this credit history that we walk around with is a big risk assessor. And a lot of the companies that we're doing business with, they want to weigh their risk properly. So if you're playing the game to win and you're listening to the sound of my voice and doing these simple little things that you can do to keep your lane clean and to keep your FICO score in a really powerful position, you'll be able to benefit from all of those different programs and be in a really good place. Because even though those particular companies that I just mentioned are using that algorithm, and let's say that your credit's not so good, it doesn't mean that they're going to turn you down, but you may get a higher rate on your insurance because of your FICO score. You may have to pay a little bit more of something because of your FICO score. So the credit history and the FICO scoring system are now being used for so many things. So again, establishing credit is super duper important. Now, a lot of people will say to me, Angela, how long does it actually take for my credit history to land somewhere in the 700s? So if you do what I just told you to do, which is pay interest to the bank, in the immediate four months of using your particular credit cards, if every single month for four months on these new credit cards, these two new credit cards that we just talked about, you pay interest, you do that 80-20 rule that I talked about. When the bill comes in, you pay 80%. You leave 20% to pay interest the following month. If you do that for four consecutive months, the fifth month, you will actually have what's called a bankable FICO score. Now, another way to accelerate your FICO score and also accelerate the length of credit history and your utilization factors is to become an authorized user onto someone else's credit card. Now, what is that really? Because I was having a conversation with a gentleman yesterday and he was saying, my, I, I talked to my dad. He said that he would go ahead and add me as an authorized user onto his credit card, but he was really nervous about doing it because I haven't been good with money in the past and he's afraid that I'm going to ruin his credit. And I said, listen, okay, the thing about authorized user credit cards is that it has nothing to do with you unless the person that you're becoming an authorized user on their particular credit card, if they give you the credit card to use, 
then you could become a potential risk. But in most situations, because we're using this as a building block, as a foundation to help boost your FICO score and your analytics on your credit history, it's really not going to hurt the other person. What's going to happen is they're going to add you as an authorized user. When that credit card comes to their home, they can just cut it up and you'll never use the credit card. But the benefits are if someone's had a credit card for two or 20 years and you're just building your credit, now you're going to be piggybacking off of all of that great history that they've had over that two or 20 years. And it's going to make the process for you faster. But this does not get away from you getting your own credit cards because a lot of banks and financial institutions are going to know that you're an authorized user and that the score is not really accurate in terms of what it's giving them if you don't have your own credit cards because they're looking for you to have responsibility on your own and not just piggyback off of someone else's responsibility. So super important that you know and understand if you want to boost things faster, you can become an authorized user. And the cool thing is, is that whoever's adding you as an authorized user, they can take you off at any time. Let's say they're starting to have financial problems. Well, you definitely want to get off of their credit card. You don't want any collections or late payments or anything like that associated to your credit. So it's also really important to find out who you're becoming an authorized user on. You want to make sure that their fiduciary responsibility is up there with yours. So you don't want to have someone add you as an authorized user and all of a sudden they're in collections. So make sure you're being smart and asking some questions from the person that you're going to be piggybacking on and or becoming an authorized user. You still need to get your own two credit cards. Really important for you to do that. Again, you shouldn't wait. If you filed bankruptcy, do it right away. Even through the process of the bankruptcy, even though you haven't been discharged, you should start to rebuild your credit history right now. If you're coming back from a divorce, okay, and you've had some really bad setbacks in debt, but you've paid it all off, you need to rebuild your credit history right away. You need to have those secured credit cards. And a lot of people ask me, like, what's the difference between a regular credit card and a secure? credit card. And it's very simple. Secured credit card is secured by your money. So you're actually going to take anywhere from $300 to $5,000 and you're going to put it in a savings account, by the way, that's not collecting any interest. Okay. It's just for that bank to have assurance that if you default, they're going to take the money that you have already put into their bank and that you're leveraging and building your credit on. Okay. So it's just a simple way for a bank to be able to approve you and give you the same access to using credit and building credit as someone that is not getting a secured or an unsecured line of credit. The cool thing is, is that if you've had secured credit cards, let's say for up to six months, you can do a couple of things. You've had really good history with them. You've been making your payments. You're using interest, things of that nature. Go back to that bank and say, hey, you know what? I've had really good history with you guys. Would you look into actually making me an unsecured credit card holder? And can I get my deposit back that I put in six months ago? A lot of these banks will do that for you. 
And also, even if that bank doesn't do it, now because you've had that six months worth of history, you can go to another bank and ask for an unsecured line of credit and then wean yourself off of the secured credit cards that you have. Now, why did I say wean yourself off of? Because we've talked about in old shows or past shows that it's really important that you're very strategic about closing out credit cards. I'm a big fan of even if you're not going to use those credit cards anymore, keep them for at least two years because length of credit history is super important. It's about relationships, guys. What banks are looking at and what the FICO score analytics are looking at is when you have a credit history with a bank for a long time, let's say at least 18 months, and you're using that credit card and you're paying it back and you're just a good girl or boy, that really counts for a lot. And it will actually give other banks and financial institutions the green light that you are a low risk and that they can trust you, like I said, with those bigger lines of credit. But again, going back to those people that say, you know what, I don't really trust myself. Now let's be, let's be honest here. If you don't trust yourself, don't go out getting those big credit cards because all you're going to do is get yourself into financial trouble again. You know, let's be honest with ourselves about what we can handle and let's make a forecast. Let's make a plan. Let's have a budget and understand that our credit is a tool to build wealth. Okay, so that is my show for today. I hope that you have gained some really good insight about why establishing and building your credit is super important. If you have any questions regarding this show, you know you can go and send us an email at customer service at conquercredit.com. And I'd be happy to come back on the show and answer those questions and or just answer your email 